From the Watson Institute at Brown University, this is Trending Globally. I'm Sarah Baldwin. For our fourth and final student spotlight for the semester, we spoke with graduating senior Sebastian Otero Oliveras. Sebastian's a musician, and he knew music would play a role in his life at Brown. After spending a semester in Cuba his junior year, he decided to add a Latin American and Caribbean studies concentration to his ethnomusicology major. After that, he took a year off to pursue his music in Puerto Rico before coming back this year to finish his degree. We are truly excited to see what he does next. We talked about his love of music and about how he combined his musical and academic projects. We maybe even had him sing for us. Enjoy. Music has always been a very fundamental part of my life since I was a little kid. Um, and I came to Brown undecided. I didn't know what to study, but I did have some academic interests in writing, um, reading, um, music, and I took an ethnomusicology elective my first semester of freshman year. And I was like, whoa, I kind of can combine all of these things. Um, it was a really new approach to me to music. And I felt that, I don't know, it, it got my interest for sure. And getting to know the music department and that it lacked content on Latin American and the Caribbean, as I went to Cuba to study abroad in fall of 2016, I realized that I wanted to have a more in-depth knowledge of my region. I'm Puerto Rican, so I, I felt that I needed to study more um, that particular region. So while abroad, I realized that the courses I was going to take in Cuba would count for the Latin American and Caribbean Studies concentration. And because that concentration is very interdisciplinary and very open, I decided just to focused on that and also take it as part of my ethnomusicological and just brown experience. Talk to me a little bit about ethnomusicology. What's the ethno part of music? I would say the ethno part of music is humans making music. Um, it's so entrenched and music is not just sound. Music has meaning and music has the power of transforming people, of reflecting uh, our own culture. So it sort of gives, it embeds music in a context. In a context, in a particular context. And the the really cool thing about it is you can have an ethnomusicological approach to music in whatever context it is. Um, it's not necessarily something that has to do with a very specific community, but you can have an ethnomusicological approach of like, I don't know, music as a activism, music as a um, reflection of ecology. So, Interesting. And what were you doing in uh, Cuba for your junior year abroad? What were you studying specifically? I took two courses in the Faculty of Letters and Arts in the University of Havana, one, in, one of literature and one of um, art history. And then I took a sociology course on the legacies of slavery in Cuban contemporary society and another one on, on cinema. But I pretty much also went to explore the music there. 
Um, I try to be as curious as possible and try to immerse myself as much as I could in the hip hop scene and the singer songwriter scene, which is called Nueva Trova or Trova in Cuba. Um, and what I, does that mean? Um, it's I would say it's kind of like a like what a singer songwriter in terms of like folk music would sound like here in the U.S., but particular to Latin America and. Much of it is closely related to um, the Cancion Protesta, which originated um, during the revolution in Cuba um, as part of like preaching or just communicating the ideals of the revolution. And so I was trying, really trying to make connections and just like understand myself and see another just by the close relationship between Puerto Rico and Cuba and the long history of relationships, uh, trying to see another way of living the Caribbean experience, you know, and like the possibilities or the impossibilities of, of my country through the lens of Cuba. You're a violinist and you're a singer-songwriter. You were a violinist from a very young age. Did you arrive at Brown already a singer-songwriter? I had written a couple songs, but here I took it way more seriously. And so I'm wondering, did you interact um, with musicians directly in Cuba? Like, were you jamming together? Were you writing songs and having them played? Or were you consuming music? Yeah. Um, so by first, I just started going to shows and to whomever I thought it was of that, that I thought his or her project was inspiring. I would just reach out and was like, I'm a musician. I'm from Puerto Rico. That already opened a, door, a lot of doors for me. And I would say, I want to be your friend. Like, I, I play violin, I sing, whatever, but mainly I just want to be your friend. And from those type of relationships, I ended up traveling to to one city, one, one singer, songwriter, and rapper, um, and play violin for, for him. I even had my own hip-hop show um, in one club called La Gruta, and I performed three times um, in this kind of like blog party that this um, rap duo called Obsession did in Regla. Um, I performed there three times and I made a track with one of them. And then I came back for spring break and I recorded a little bit more. And then last year of March, March of last year of 2018, I spent five weeks working in a um, studio um, that pretty much just unites the rock scene there so i also got to know that scene i recorded my stuff makes a couple projects so i feel like cuba became a place where i'm gonna be visiting regularly sima funk um the cuban um artist was here and i met him there and we became friends so it was amazing to just finish the cycle of the brown experience by just having him here um and just performing together in Mantunuk, one of my songs you know like i it was very in in such a short amount of time i felt like i did a lot and i really took a really big part of my heart um that that city and that those people what about it did you love so much i think i so it's in terms of the people, is the closest thing to being a Puerto Rican. And I felt so much love and warmness from them. And as this, the same way Puerto Rico has a rich culture, I felt Cuba has and has its own. And by being, by growing up listening to a lot of um, Cuban music, I felt like I already knew some of it, but by being there and having those references made it possible for me to dive more into other stuff in there. So 
I don't know, I also fell in love there, so that's also probably one of the things um, that prompts me to go back. Um, I don't know, I... I it speaks I to I felt you. so... Yeah, it speaks to me really, really closely to my heart. Why did you want to come to Brown? I thought I was going to go to the University of Puerto Rico. My Both my parents went there. Um, and I went to school, to a Jesuit school, um, with a full scholarship. Um, my my parents would not be able to pay for that. And there I learned that the same way my high school had a financial aid program. Um, universities here in the U.S. also have financial aid programs. Um, so that's how I started to look into schools that had really good financial aid um, packages. And one of my childhood friends got into Brown. And one spring break, I met some of her friends and I really enjoyed how diverse they were. Um, like, for example, her, her ex-boyfriend played the cello, was in the soccer club and studied physics. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Just be able to be around people who do a lot of things and have so many different interests. So it was always in my mind. And I took a summer program here, a summer class. And I thought that the campus was all right. Like, it wasn't extraordinary. I... I I didn't visit any other campuses, so that was my my expectation of what a college campus is. And so I applied early decision, and I got in, and that was pretty much it. I'm and I'm really blessed. I haven't had to pay anything to be here. And has it lived up to your hopes? Yes, yes. I've I've grown a lot. Um, I think one of the most fundamental aspects of of this community is the the student community. I've learned so much. Um, from my friends um, and just be able to sit at a table with people that have such many different backgrounds and to know their stories and, and know the similarities and differences of where they come from and who they are has definitely impacted my own personal um, life as well as my music as well as my academic curiosities. Speaking of your academic curiosity, what did you do? With, did you write a thesis? Yeah, I did. What was it about? I took poems of a Puerto Rican author called Angela Maria Davila, and I made them into songs. And so I, I did the musicalization, um, as I would say in Spanish, musicali musicalization. And I did the writing part, which is pretty much just doing a textual analysis of the poem and how from that point I based my creative decisions. And it was a project that pretty much encompassed my experience here and my passion for music making, my passion for lyrics, for poetry, the dialogue between poetry and music. And then again, going back to the Caribbean identity and the ethnomusicological and literature, like personal and academic questions, everything right there in that little baby. <laughs> and what's next for you? What's next? I really want to perform my thesis with my band back home. Um, I'm really excited to do that. Is that La Ponina? La Ponina, exactly. What does La Ponina mean? La Ponina is a Cuban word, actually, um, that pretty much means to everyone, a collect, like a, a group of people put something. That's why it's La Ponina, as in poner. You put something to buy whatever it is for the group. So the um, idea behind it is that every single band member puts their dreams, their fears into into these projects and also talks about the musical fusions that I try to do. I don't try to um, stay really close to one genre. I really believe in fusions. Um, and 
also in the content of my songs I could talk about love but then also about like political issues in my country or um, whatever I feel like I need to talk about um, so that's what it means pretty much in essence and that's the plan graduate go back home work a lot in my music and see what happens that's amazing will you um, sing a little something for us that you've written yeah totally Anoche tuvo un sueño en que pagaba con abrazos Y los pasos de su sombra no los podía alcanzar Estaba en su cadillac dorado en Atacama Las dunas le guiñaban y lo dejaban pasar Y él, oriundo de Mongolia de padres checos Era el hueso que un perro mordía en una plaza de Andalucía mientras Cinco gitanas se reunían para organizar una noche de poesía. 1968 en Abbey Roads le pidieron que grabara el coro de la canción. We all live in a yellow submarine, yellow submarine, yellow submarine. ¿Cómo pasó? ¿Pa' dónde se fue? Memoria fragmentada, imaginación sagrada. Where did he go? Was he going home? Please don't let your story ever, ever go untold. Oh my God, that was so beautiful. Can you tell me what that was about? Yes. Um, it's about this person that transformed itself. He's in the desert of Atacama. He becomes the bone that a dog is chewing in a square in Andalusia while five gypsies are organizing a poetry night. And then he's in Abbey Road singing um, Yellow Submarine. And then the other part of the song, which I didn't sing, talks about the trip of going in a boat, uh, migrating from one island to the other, um, to the Golden Island Um and it's 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 a song about migration and like it's for the people that risk their lives to keep living um and i do it in spanish and english just because that's part of who i am by being here um being in this country for for almost five years um and yes that's the main idea of the song and what's it called memoria fragmentada fragmented memory Sebastian, thank you so much for coming in and talking oh, thank to us. You. This was great. Thank you. This episode of Trending Globally was produced by Dan Richards and Babette Thomas. Our theme music is by Henry Bloomfield. I'm Sarah Baldwin. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you like what you hear, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. For more information about this and other shows, go to watson.brown.edu. And finally, a big congrats to all our graduating seniors. We're so excited to see what you all do next. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of Trending Globally.